Mean High. We're recording another recovery story today. We're in a new location. We have, we're out of the apartment. We're out of the intake center. We're in a new facility for what seems like a new season, a new spring season. The snow is it's still cold out today, but hopefully the snow will start melting soon and we'll get back to that summertime stuff. Uh, we're here with Ty today. Um, we're excited to hear Ty's story. Ty went through the Henu, Court, Henu Wellness Court program. Um, if you're curious about the program, we'll mention this at the end as well. We also have a podcast strictly about Henu Court, but today we're here to ask Ty about his experience um, going through the Henu Court program. Ty, how's it going today, man? It's good, as long as I stay warm. Yeah, it's a challenge today. <laughs> oh, yeah, 10 degrees. Yeah. Truck was very I'm happy. I'm happy to be here and do it. Cool, cool, cool. We're happy to have you here. Yeah. So we'll jump right in. Uh, take us back to right either before you got into Henu Court or the process of getting into Henu Court and kind of what led you to Henu Court. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I went back to jail for my was it fifth or sixth DUI. And I had always snaggled somehow here or there to get out to some rehab center or something. Mm-hmm. And... When I went to jail this time, besides sitting in the drunk tank and somebody kicking me in the head saying, have you had enough? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a sergeant, it was somebody from up above. And I said, yep, well, I got to learn about this wellness court thing. And my first thought, well, hell, I'll do it. I'll get in that program because I'll get out of jail. <laughs> Again, another way to get out of jail. Right. So at that point, it doesn't sound like you had kind of reckoned with your relationship with alcohol. It didn't seem like you, at going in, even like in the process of getting into Henu Court, weren't attempting to get into Henu Court to really, at first, tackle your relationship with alcohol, but kind of just trying to get out. Right. That's the truth. Just to get out. Mm-hmm. I've been through many rehabs and I figured, well, if it's just like the other rehabs, I'll teach them. They're not going to teach me because mm-hmm. I already know it. Right. But it changed my mind once I got into it. Yeah. It isn't an easy process. Not at all. When, when what was the first moment that you realized that this wasn't going to be like the, all the other ones? Like, where was the moment where, you, okay, what is this place kind of thing? Well, actually, one of the process was the wellness court probation officers, they'd come and get you out of jail for a day and take you and kind of show you the program and stuff and what kind of going on. And I, they came and got me, which that was unusual mm-hmm. for the first. And But still, I just was going in. I'll get in. I want to get out of jail and mm-hmm. I'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been through all kinds of stuff, and I can always do what they say, right? <laughs> and get along until I get on my own, and then off I go, right? Mm. So, what was that? The day they picked you up, what was kind of that experience like? Did you kind of have some thoughts about, ooh, this isn't what I thought it was, or? Well, that it was, it was going to be different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It started to get me a little. Well, let's see what how it goes, because they, they, they had the power; they could always put me back in jail right hmm. yeah and so when you got into Henry court and you kind of started that process what was the first thing that you noticed that was like like they're like that it was real now that it was different you know what I mean like because it, it seems different you know it might be different you kind of don't know seemingly don't know how it's going to go even like after your first day trip you really get in you start the program what when was the moment inside the program that you're like yeah, this is this is different. And well, what kind of was different, I guess? I, I got to, to learn at first is all they had to offer you. And the way they taught, they didn't teach you like they were superior to you, that they were just another, you're on their, I was on their level. I'm a human being. I'm not just a convict mm-hmm. hmm. or jail, a prison person, not. You know, there was a lot of restrictions and a lot of stuff we had to do. And at at first few weeks, man, it's it's hard. Yeah. Until you get yourself into the program, mm-hmm. on a put it on a routine. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So I'm but, curious, uh, just real quick, how did you get that 
uh, impression that they were kind of like on your same level. I understand that you interact with a judge on the regular and like you're, you're coming in from prison. So how did they establish that connection? Well, it's the judges, you never really seen them until you, every Friday you went to court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't like a, a state court. It's just you go and you, you sit on chairs and there's a Hindu judge a native judge and a superior court judge up there and they're sitting at a table right in front of you same level so you're eye to really? eye wow yeah that's i think that's important yeah it's not up above like they're superior mm-hmm. you know yeah and it that makes it more of a how would you say it keeps you more comfortable mm-hmm. and they talk to you just like a human being they're not you know, a judge way. Right. It doesn't like they're right. in command. Right. Well, right. You know they are, but they mm-hmm. don't talk to you that way. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, I mean, especially... It's a big thing. Yeah, especially if you're somebody who's been through the court system more than once, you know, and yeah. you're kind of used to this typical, like, <laughs> yeah. judge, me relationship where, like, I kind of feel like the judge does isn't really on my team or doesn't really like me that much or, you know, whatever your perceptions mm-hmm. might be of a judge. Then you come in and they're like, hi, Ty. How are you? And you're like, you just, you didn't call me by my government name. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm uncomfortable now, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's, what was that court experience like? Because I understand even just from the, like you said, you're at eye level and I like, you sit, we kind of talked about this earlier. You sit in a circle, right? And so you're, is well, it, are they it, in front of you? They, they sit in front of you. Mm-hmm. The two judges and the other court record, they have a court recorder. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but and you sit across from them, but it's it's just a small room. Yeah, it's a little more casual. Yeah, more comfortable. Ca- yeah, comfortable. And then the attorneys and the district attorney, they're sit and your usually your therapist or in your case manager, they're sitting there, mm-hmm. but you're all on the same level. Right, and I'm sure it's like it sounds like, and maybe you can uh, tell me if I'm on the right page or not. It sounds like it feels like for the one of probably the first times that everyone in that room and like you're in court and it's a very real court, obviously, and it's very it's a little bit more casual, a little more comfortable, but you're there for a pretty important reason. But that you probably feel for one of the first times, I would assume or imagine that for the first time, everybody in that room that like typically there, like you said, your case manager like the judges, you know, these people that are facilitating your program really probably feels like they're all on your team for like probably one of the first times, seemingly. Oh, well, yeah, they are. From what I found out, before we even go into our court, they all meet and discuss every person that's Hmm. in the wellness court. And if they have, if somebody has, well, I think maybe this is going to help them. So they figure out, what way that individual can, how they can help you. That's what their whole purpose is. is mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. And they show that, how they can help you, because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And they recognize it. Well, anybody should recognize it, but they really recognize it. They don't treat you all the same, because some people aren't doing what they're supposed to, others are. Mm-hmm. But they still, if you do something wrong, they'll give you a sanction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's three it. sanctions and you're yeah. out, right, or something. Or no, I seen six people maybe? relapse and they. Yeah. I mean, they really let a person go. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one person. I can't mention the name. Right. But mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how far they let that person go. Mm-hmm. In relapsing, how many times? I could not, I mean, I even asked them one day mm-hmm. off in the private, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. And what was their, what was kind of the answer to that? Well, they said, but it, finally the person did end up going back to jail. I sent them, mm-hmm. but they, it's uh, something I learned. They'll, they won't send you back to jail or kick you out until they have ran completely out of ways that they know how to help you. Why? 
I mean, they, they're really, they're there for you. Mm -hmm. And they find out that person don't want it, period. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not the right time. Yeah. Not ready for it. Don't, I mean, whatever that. Well, and I've learned through other people, Mm -hmm. even that they say there's always something. Mm -hmm. There is a time when you have to say, that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. We've run out. We've tried everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, that person doesn't want it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's one of the biggest things. You're not going to get nothing out of anything unless you want it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's true. <clears throat> now, I would assume in order to get good strategies, they have to kind of get to know you, right, as a person, to know oh, what's going to work. that's the way they treat you. They get to know you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you establish almost, like... I mean, some kind of, obviously a relationship of some kind, but was it seem pretty friendly or, or? Oh, it's friendly. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's awesome. And so is that, so when you meet, uh, when you're in the program, what's kind of like, what was, like you said, establishing a routine, what was kind of that routine like in terms of the program? Oh, well, like at first it's, it's crazy, mm-hmm. but you, you grow into it. Yeah. There's like a meeting schedule, like you have to meet so many meetings or kind yeah, of like a regiment that way. You're supposed to, I think it was, well, they wanted you to go to at least three mm-hmm. a week. Then you had to call in to take, call in in the morning to, it's a state number. I think all people that are in different programs or on probation right. call into to see if you had to go in and take a UA. Mm. Mm. And I, they finally told me I couldn't figure out why they were doing it so often. I mean, at first you do it three times a week, sometimes four. Right. And it gets less and less. Mm-hmm. And I finally figured out, well, I asked them, why so many? And the judge told me it made sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got them off to the side and I said, why do we take so many UAs? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I guess the way they explained it to me and I can understand now is it works on your mind. I'm not going to drink because i got to take UA tomorrow. Right. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. See, because you don't know till that morning right. when you call. Mm-hmm. And so over a long period of 18 months, hmm. it's just it's worked into your mind. You may not know it yourself, right? but it's constantly telling you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't drink because you're gonna have to take a UA tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so even when those UAs are gone, that thought kind of hangs with you. Yeah. Like, yes. I mean, they're never gone. Habit. It just goes less and less. Right. But they work your mind. Hmm. Into oh. the point to where you don't really outthink it, but your mind saying, "Don't drink because you're gonna have to take a UA." <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even now. I mean, I know I don't have to take any, but it's back there. There's <laughs> still a little part of yeah, time. I'm not so even on, they let drink. me off probation. I, they surprised me one day. I mean, the state did. They mm-hmm. just called me at home and said, Judge said, you can go. We don't need you no more. You're yeah. not a problem. Wow. What was that experience like? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Is that I kind can, of surreal? And, like well, I can drive. Yeah. I'm still on an interlock system. Wow. But that's awesome. Yeah, I my li- my license was taken for life. Oh wow! But it never stopped yeah. driving. Mm-hmm. Right. I think five of the six DUI I didn't have a license. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> how, long ago, how long ago did they take your license? Oh, for for life. Yeah, no, but how long ago was that? Oh, the, that happened. I think the first time when it, well, it's on your third DUI. Yeah, third is felony. Is a oh, felony okay. and it goes for life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it there well, how did I keep going back? I was driving and drinking. Right. So it didn't stop mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I think oh, that kind of speaks to the nature of like. It's a big thing in the program. You, when you sign up, part of it is you complete the program, mm-hmm. you can apply to get your license back. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. What was. Um, bill, Senate bill. Yeah. Well, 90, 91. It's different now. I think mm-hmm. they've right. called it. But anybody could. Yeah. If you had seven years of no tickets or no DUIs, you could apply for it. Mm. Right. And so did they help you through that process? Was it like the paperwork and the process or just... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you go to... Once I completed the program, 
Yeah, I'm still. I hadn't been. I hadn't been sentenced for that DUI all this time. Oh yeah, right. Because I could go back to jail at any time and just spend the time. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And so I actually didn't get convicted of the DUI. I'll be two years ago. Right. I was out of the program, and before they let you out, you just you go to court, <laughs> and they sentence you. But you've signed a pre-agreement before <laughs> you start the program, and they just fulfill it. Oh, cool. But you're not convicted of the deal. So I was on probation, but they called me. I should still be on probation. Yeah. <laughs> and they called, P.O. called me one day and says, you're gone. You're out. You don't need <laughs> to see right. you no more. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. The judge let you, said you could go. I don't know why, but I said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> right. So what was the process of getting your license back? Would you, was that part of your pre-agreement? It was like, if you yeah. do this and do that, yeah. then you'll be able to get your yeah, license I, back? Yeah, I don't, well, I, it's just a piece of paper. Right. Saying yeah. that I, where I drive, I have hmm. to have an interlock system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I oh, still, so you kind of make like a compromise there. You don't get your license back. Yeah. No, no. Well, see, Superior Court and DMV is two different courts. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. Right. DMV They're completely can... two different courts. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm off probation and everything, DMV's got me. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, well, I've been on the interlock to be two years in April. I'm supposed to be on it for five years, but from what I, they've told me, in three years, I can apply to get off of it. Right. Nice. If you've been good, no tickets. On yeah. It, or and, not gotten any tickets. Well, and you can get tickets, but I, I think, but, you know, if you had a bunch of them, they're just going to keep you on it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Gotcha. So, unless you had anything further about the, the end of the process, um, I was curious... I know once you kind of got into that habit, it sounds like it worked its way into your mind. You kind of got past, you know, the desire to drink in a sense. Uh, but what was it? Did you have withdrawals before you went to prison? Or where were you at in your relationship with alcohol and or drugs before going into the Hen and Wellness Court? Oh, I, they made me spend a year in jail before I got into the program. Oh, okay. And that was like, <laughs> that was like super detox more uh, or less. Yeah, no, I was no... Never have been in no big super detox. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drank. Yeah. I'll admit. Mm-hmm. I always got picked up. Right. Oh, I probably, I've seen worse people, but mm-hmm. I wasn't that bad. I wasn't somebody in the gutter right. on mm-hmm. the street. Yeah. Right. We were talking before, kind of like you mentioned, you because know, Henu will help a lot of people with their material needs, like you were talking about, you oh, know, whether yeah. it's housing or, I mean, anything really. It sounds like food, clothes. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a place to live. They supply with food. Mm-hmm. Every I think I didn't ever do it because I didn't need it. But once a month, instead of like going to a food bank mm-hmm. here, they have their the Henry Court or the Navy. They have their own. Oh, okay. And you could go in there. I could have went in any time and picked up groceries for a month. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whatever they give out. Right. It's incredible. Although. I mean, I didn't need it because I'm a, a veteran and I had medical and all that stuff, but they'll furnish all that yeah. wow. for you, everything. Mm-hmm. And did, and if you know, did they work with, uh, with Denina yeah. on, their, on their medical stuff? Wow, that's cool. It seems like a release, like what they're trying to do is isolate your needs to where it's just you can focus on yourself maybe for the first time ever mm-hmm. you know you don't have to worry about housing you don't have to worry right, about food that's what they do you and, just got to think about you and it well then they realize that a reason one big reason why a lot of people that get out of jail go back to jail a lot mm-hmm. is transportation yeah definitely wow. and i mean i never real transportation is a big thing in alaska mm-hmm. and they realize yeah. that especially down here because there's no bus system. Only right. thing is taxis. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, Hanu, they take care of that. Wow. They, they'll come pick you up in the morning and take you up to the Hanu, where you're going to be most all, all day long anyway. Right. And they'll take you home in the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you, you do see people who are coming 
you know, out of jail or in a different situations, you know, they don't have transportation and they're like, and they set you up in this, in this program, right. Where you have to take maybe some substance use stuff, inpatient or outpatient, usually outpatient. Uh, you have to do outpatient treatment. You have to meet with your PO. You have to meet with your counselor. You have to meet with your case manager for your, for your child welfare stuff. Oh yeah. And by the way, you know, you live in Sterling, you don't have a house, you camping out in Sterling, you don't have a car, we're in Kenai, like, hope you make it, you know, you have six appointments today, one in Kenai, one in Soldatna, and I hope you get there, you know, and then like, you know, and even with carts, you know, carts is so, such a difficult thing to navigate sometimes, because like, they may be there on time, maybe a few hours late, you know, they may not be able to come out at all, you know, you have to reserve 24 hours in advance, you get like a UA at 6am, you find, or at 10, you find out at 7, you're like, how am I supposed to get a carts now to like my UA? Cause you called in may or may not had one. You just like hope you don't need it, you know? So I think the public transportation system here combined with a lot of the requirements for people getting out of jail is a big setback. Like you were talking about, cause it is so difficult and we're so spread out. You know, if you live in Nikiski, you're 30 miles out and you have to get to Kenai three, four five times a week. Like that's either going to be crazy expensive or more or less or very, very difficult. So I think that is the transportation is a is a thing that our community is working towards. Oh, a lot of the housing that they provide is right there next to it. Oh, that's cool. The Hindu tribe owns. Well, I don't know if they still do, but they've changed some right across the street. The big apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. They own that. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Some of them they'd have get their own apartments. Now I know, on the other side they got a house. And they went in there, and and there's people in the system saying, I think they only furnish like six, but they, they find you. Yeah, somewhere close, place. accessible. Yeah, or not. Like I said, they'll come pick you up in their vans. Hmm. That's cool. And they, what one thing I was real surprised to see, too, is the, the ladies that have lost their kids, mm -hmm. they'd fight and get them back for those those mothers. Yeah, mom. That's a big deal. To yeah, have people fighting for you and then supporting you. Oh in yeah, that process. there was some like, how could they ever be a mother? But they get them back. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, man, that may take a, a while, but yeah, it does. And that's mm -hmm. huge, man. To have, I mean, even just in the very general basic principle, that's a difficult process. I think, from my experience working within that system, it's a difficult process. But man, to have that support, you know, and to have people fighting for you in general and not having to do it, that process is a difficult one and not having to do that alone is a big, big step, oh, I yeah. think. That's mm -hmm. super cool. So I'm curious, in the past, when you go through these different programs, because a court asked you to, or it was a way to get out of jail, more or less, mm -hmm. would you just, while you were in the program, just stop drinking until you got out and then drink? Or would you find ways to skirt around the testing or, or however they ran it? or like? Oh, no, I just, I wouldn't drink. During the program, you just my wait. Big, okay. My always my well, at the end there, but at first when I got out of jail, I I still drank, mm -hmm. and they ended up putting me back. Actually, I ended up spending more time in jail than what I was sentenced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <you>. Yeah. <laughs> but after that, I would I wouldn't drink all the time, and even on probation, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I got off probation, look out. Right. Oh, okay. So by the time you got to Henu, I mean, you had already been capable of, of staying away. It wasn't like it was controlling your life in that aspect, but it always came back. Oh, yeah. So what did what did they do that kept it from coming back? Like, Well, it's just the biggest thing is I look back. Besides the person itself, mm -hmm. like me, you have to want it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My biggest thing is... And even though I didn't use all they had to offer me, it's what those people, those judges and those counselors, how, what they did for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to let them down. Right. But you kind of feel like you owe it to them because they gave I you owe, everything yeah, you needed. I would really, they'd really feel bad. Mm -hmm. The way mm -hmm. they treated me and stuff they did for me and looked out for me, mm -hmm. I would really would make them feel down if I went back. Right. Hmm. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Besides, like... besides myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's the way they make you feel. And I don't want to, for what they did, I owe them that. Right. Wow. 
Uh, it's almost like a, a debt, but also you're grateful, you know? Oh, very. So, and, and, wow. And I were talking about this earlier, you know, I think that's a big, especially when, like, you go through maybe a hospital or, so, you know, somewhere a little more, like, rigid where you're there all the time and it's kind of like everyone no matter how close and trusting you are with those people like they always kind of have a badge and there always seems to be a little bit of a separation and you don't get that same like almost like letting like a like your parents down you know or like a, fr- a good friend you know or a good like people that you really really value you know i feel like you don't get that same dynamic in some more traditional programs mm-hmm. or like in a place like henu when you can really develop that trust it's interesting that it's not like you know, man, if you do thing X, Y, and Z, you're going to go to jail or you're going to get in trouble. And like, with Henny, you will, right? Like if you were to go out and start running and gunning again, you'd get in trouble, right? But they put really the focus on like you and like what happens to you. And I think a lot of people, especially in their active addictions are like, are kind of thinking, at least, I mean, from a personal experience, like, I don't know if you know, man, but like, I'm not too concerned with what happens to me right now. If you can, you know, mm-hmm. or like when you kind of put that like, that investment, like their investment on your end, like we, you know, like we are all, all of us, including yourself, including us are going to be how I feel, however about it, you know, whatever like that looks like I'm not in the program. So like, I don't really know what that looks like, but we are going to have even just an emotional consequences. Like, man, I don't, it is like, I very much, I don't want to let these people down. You know, like, it's kind of like, we're all invested in me together. It kind of brings that community to you you know that like i don't feel like you get as much in more traditional programs i think they're producing value really in yourself and value in the relationship you have with them Mm -hmm. of people who have shown you love through through gifts from caring about you to conversating with you and coming down from their position that you know in everyone else's eyes they've earned to talk to you as person to person to try to figure out what can change you know, if you right. had all the opportunities, could you stay away from what you struggle with? Yeah. And usually people don't get to see that even. Right. Because right? one thing leads to another, and usually it's this downward spiral we've seen time and time again until they hit rock bottom and find a way to bounce back. But it'd be nice if when you hit rock bottom, there were people to help you back up. Kind of right. a safety net so it didn't have to just, you know, right. take you out for and I And I think about, like kind of was what I mentioned before, you know, is like you kind of develop that support network in a way that's like very person, like person first connection oriented. You know what I mean? Versus like, I mean, I'm trying to think of a way to put this to where, um, to where the values are different. You know what I mean? You value your support system in a mm. way that's different than I think normally do in a more traditional program. Cause it's not like mm. your friends, your family, you know, like this is like your recovery support network. And like, it's comprehensive, I guess. It's kind of what I was trying to say. Okay. There was a million other better ways to say that. <laughs> I already, I know. Well, the way I, I looked at it is they see things in you that you never realized hmm. that that's what you needed. I mean, it came to me, I mean, I grew trust. Right. Trust was a big thing. And if they told me, hey, we think you this would help you or something, something I never think of. Right. And I got to the point, what they tell me, I trust them. They must know. Hmm. They, do, they, they see you in a way that you never see in yourself. Hmm. And they see what you need. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I say, I'd let them down because I trust them, and they well, all they did. I mean, they spent a lot of time mm. on me that I never thought they did, but hmm. they spent a lot. And every person in there, hmm. they spent every all the people, even right. the lawyers and everything else. They spent time, hmm. yeah, because they wanted to see you get better. Mm-hmm. That's like the ultimate. <clears throat> uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this, but. We're struggling Uh, with that today. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's to have a support system that's so excited for you to succeed everywhere you turn. That's incredible. I think it, like, speaks to the power of, like, like, caring versus... Mm -hmm. And I guess this is what I was trying to say. So I'm going to say it in five words versus (laughs) 50. It's like... 
the power of like genuinely caring about someone mm-hmm. in a way that like builds that trust versus like something that feels more punitive. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't remember what punitive means. Like punishment. Oh, okay. You know? Or like you're here because, you know, you're here because you did this, these like bad things or whatever, you know, these things that we mm-hmm. deem to be bad. Like, and if you go out, you're going to get in trouble again. That's like, that's your incentive is you're going to get in trouble yeah. if you go out and be, or that's your non-incentive, whatever, your negative incentive, right? Like, right. Where if you go out again, you're going to be in trouble. Whereas like, man, if you're very, very care oriented, like I said, it like they are, you know, mm-hmm. like you're at this point, like, the way you seems like you're putting it to yourself is like, your punish punishment air quotes on that your punishment is going to be that like these people that you very much care about now and trust and care about you and trust you like this circle comprehensive care unit they've like created with you is like going to be let down you know like that's the punishment not like me going to jail not well like and me, both really yeah you because you will go and, to jail and going to jail <laughs> right it's a double but it's not but. the first thought though it doesn't sound like you know your first thought is man i'm really gonna let these people down and i think that's like something that we don't see a ton of in some of our other stories except yeah. for a lot of our Henry ones you know where like because i think thomas talks about that too you know like not wanting to let the team down you know mm. just kind of a it's a, i think it's a more unique perspective and it's like care oriented like person first care oriented care it's, i guess it's yeah time saying that word but i just think it's like the it's the different questions at court. I feel like you're asked, you know, why do you keep doing this? And we don't want to see you again mm-hmm. in here. Whereas in a place like that, it's more along the lines of what can we do to change this? All of us together. Right. What can we do? And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, you're not button heads with authority in the sense of like, neither of you want to be there. Neither of you want to talk to each other. But in this way, you're all kind of on the same page. Yeah. It's really cool. I guess what I was trying to say, it seems more team-oriented yeah. than more traditional. Oh, it is. It's, yeah. not, it's not like an inpatient. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not even close. It's right. so much different and so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to inpatient and it's just about every day. It's about the same thing. We're going to learn the tools. Mm-hmm. How do you, Well, those tools ain't going to do no good if you don't want them. Right. That's why I said I could go to an inpatient. I could be a, a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know because I know exactly what they're gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think about by the time like time five or six working the steps, and you're like, man, this isn't working for me. You know, it doesn't really make you trust the process. I think that trust is a big deal, you know, because I think when you go through a 12-step program, from what we've heard, is you begin to trust those tools and those processes and those things you learn uh, throughout the program. And for some people, that really works. You know, that's what they need. They need the toolbox, and they need to so they need to trust something like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like putting their because I mean, some people have a hard time. I think trusting other people as much as and there's varying levels of that, but you can. Like, it's not as difficult, I think, sometimes to trust like the tools you're given, you know, and like more of those, like, and I think for some people, like having that toolbox is like huge, you know, mm-hmm. I think for other people, I mean, and people, cause I think you're not alone in the sense that like, that just didn't seem to be doing it for you, you know, and like not everything, there's no one size fix for everybody and that you needed something. You mm-hmm. needed that to be able to trust people that were going to work with you enough that really developed that person trust like that, like trust in these individuals and this care support network and this, like this, like this is what I needed, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's different for everybody, or maybe not everybody. That's a big mm-hmm. word, but I think it is different. And I think that's the cool thing about Henu is that if that tool, and if you're on time five, and if you're listening, you know, for people that are listening, if you're on time five, six, and seven, and the toolbox isn't working for you, maybe it's, you know, time to look somewhere else and like figure and really kind of be creative in a sense that like, you know, maybe a place like Henu is for me. Or other places that are like Henu throughout the country, maybe this will work for me. Um, if that's something like you're ready and will ready to process, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like the I like the Henu idea. I think that care first, person first. Yeah. Is a oh, that's definitely they care. Mm-hmm. What do you think that places who do offer? Man, I'm trying to think like um, inpatient places or places where you feel like you could teach at. What do you think that they could do differently that would help kind of mirror what Henu is doing to build that trust? Like, how do you replicate that 
outside of somewhere where you basically have to go to jail in order to be considered. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say be more, well, you can't say just one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But in a way, yeah, be one-on-one, but be more their friend, not just the teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. So it's that constant kind of reminder that they're an authority that yeah. throws things off. Yeah, just as because far as I'm the teacher, I'm your friend. I want to see it. Let's mm-hmm. become friends, and this is, you know, but make that person believe I have things I can tell you, mm-hmm. not order you. Right. Okay. So if, if it's kind of like, you know, you have the sponsor system in traditional meetings, right. which kind of accomplishes that, but you your sponsors aren't an authority. So do you think that's kind of a, the big difference is that the people in authority having that same level of, like, right interpersonal connection? Right. More of a... You know, I'm your friend. Yeah. What I, you know, I may know something that will help you yeah. into the right way to recover and stay that way. Right. It's I mean, almost I, like having I, a pawn. I'm, I'm sorry. not saying that I don't think about going out drinking. Because mm-hmm. I do. And I'd be stupid if I said I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know day to day. Right. right. Hmm. Yeah. It's almost like this is kind of had this thought. It's almost like having a sponsor who's like a professional, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, which is, I mean, in a way, like, and even in the, I wouldn't even say, cause I feel like even using the, I don't know, I'm not even gonna go there, but like, it's kind of cool, you know, to have that like friendship with somebody that you feel comfortable with and you feel there's like that friendship dynamic with someone who really knows what they're talking about when it comes to you, the things you're going through and kind of knowing what you need. Like, man, if all my friends knew exactly what I needed, like, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not just you in, in the wellness court, the Hindu thing, it's not just one person. Mm. Well, everybody in the, what, in the authority over me mm-hmm. or in the group, they would all, they all have a different idea what would help me. Yeah. And they all sit down and discuss it. Hmm. So it's not just coming from one person. You may hear it from one person, mm-hmm. but it's coming from a bunch of people that's looked at you. Right. Yeah. And say, well, this may this may help that person. They can't guarantee it's going to work because nothing may work. May not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting because you know I'm excited about Henry Wellness Court that they have this new way of doing things. It's relatively new though, and it seems pretty resource intensive. So maybe they're kind of like the test to see. Hey, does this really work? How successful is this? And I'm hoping that we'll see more programs like that in the future. You know, maybe not in court relation, but right. yeah, I think that approach. is the. Because I, I like the, I personally think the program itself, you know, and the way it, it is run, is very valuable mm-hmm. and like a pretty, and it is new. You know what I mean? I think that's like, and obviously that's part of it too, right? It's new. It's different. Mm-hmm. It may work better for some than others but i think those some that it works for are the ones like you said that kind of you know went through the 12-step process so i think like that's kind of what happens first you know it's like you try the 12 step. it's seemingly you know like even thomas had said he'd been through mm-hmm. a couple 12-step programs first and it wasn't really working for him um so i think like having those two that can kind of work together and be like okay this isn't working let's try this you know mm-hmm. and so I would like to see that, but I think that's like what I was, where I was going was that's the accessibility challenge is that because it is resource comprehensive, I mean, how many people were in your class or when you first went in, how many people were also in the program? Do you remember? Um, what was there? Nine of us? Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, like other, not, a lot of, they only take so many at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, yeah. Like, if you could have not necessarily more people in that same program, because I think the limited number of people helps you to be able to be more personable and spend more time on individuals. But having more of those programs around that, like you said, aren't court-oriented, or not like you don't have to be there through the court necessarily. It can still run in, like, a court kind of setting, I guess. And, like, that same... Or, like, or in the Henu... It's court in the Henu sense, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where you still have, like, some people you have to be accountable to. Yeah. But one that's, like, well, I guess more accessible, you know? Yeah. I think that would be cool because I like the program a lot. So I think. Well, I think it works a lot. I think, like, Anchorage is different. Mm-hmm. Mm. They got a lot of people at one time going through, but I think it's mostly just court. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, 
they're not associated with a native tribe. I think, like, the Hindu here, I think we're the second ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super new. Yeah, I think the first ones are, well, in fact, two of the ladies came from back east. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That were in the one back there. I think it was, like I said, Minnesota or someplace. I think that's what Cher said. Mm-hmm. But they were from back east. Mm-hmm. That they do. I think they were the first ones, and we were the second ones. And I've, I haven't talked to anybody lately that's in the program. But I, they've made some changes because, like, mm-hmm. when I went through, we were, I think I was in the second bunch of people. Right? Oh wow! Yeah. To start. Yeah. And so they were new. Mm-hmm. And I, I, they've made some changes. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with the COVID. Right. Oh, I bet. Oh, uh, they've made, well, they. I think they do everything online. Oh wow! Or That's Zoom incredible. now, hmm. except tough. for UAs. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, got to be tough. Yeah, I know. I mean, that I've talked to people that were in it, and I think what they said, all their stuff was done online. Hmm. Yeah. So, like, when you're in the Henu program. You started with, I think you said, three to four meetings a week, right? Um, they required you do three. Three? They wanted you to do at least three. Yeah. How many were you doing Like at, when you first I started out? I went about every day. Yeah. Well, see, I, I was a little... They, they could pick me up early mm-hmm. I because I didn't live that far away. Mm-hmm. But some of the people were farther away, so they, I, they wouldn't go that far just to get them early mm-hmm. right but so I, I went I went often and it's the same thing with AA I mean I, I go by every day now mm-hmm. still yeah. on my own right oh, well. but AA was just a requirement mm-hmm. and that's the way I always even when I was in halfway houses and stuff just to get out of the halfway house they'd have to let you go to an AA meeting right an A meeting so mm-hmm. I was just using it Mm-hmm. I wasn't using it to better myself. Hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just using it to get out. Right. Get a breath mm-hmm. of fresh air. Yeah. And, yeah. And oh, but it's it's turned around. It's turned. It where a works. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at it a different way. Hmm. Right. And so, yeah, that's kind of was my next question. So like you were going, and so you're still going. Oh I, yeah. 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 I'm an well, actual treasurer. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's a seemingly a big part of your support yeah. system as well as the it's AA a good community. way to, it's, it starts at eight o'clock, so a good way to start the day off. Yeah. Hmm. And then do you um do you sponsor anybody or anything like that? I haven't sponsored you haven't. anybody. Yeah. I mean I, I can say I I would, but I just don't want the responsibility. Yeah, and that's fair. That's yeah, I mean, a big yeah. responsibility. Not everybody's meant to be well, a there's guys who are sponsors and I think poor people that <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't get it through the person's head why they keep doing it when the people never succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't don't take long. They're just going through the steps. Right. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going through. You got to find the right the right person. Everybody's different. You got to find. You got to look around. Just don't pick somebody off the wall. Right. And I think that's part of Henry's program yeah. is having that many people. Someone's more likely to be like you than having one person. Yeah. Right. And understand yeah. what you're going through or how you yeah, approach that. They, I mean, it's just not one person saying this is the way it should because not everybody's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And having other people to second guess them yeah. can be really helpful. Yeah. Well, I don't think they really, they just, they, everybody talks and mm-hmm. says their feelings and what. And then, yeah, I mean, they make it as a group. It's not just, well, I think it's gonna. This is the best way for that person to go. Not just one person, right? Because, mm-hmm. like I said, not everybody's right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost true. like having your own personal think tank. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, that's true. You have to discuss ideas and kind of figure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the the um, the way you get to like good answers. You know, not to say that there's always like a perfect answer or even necessarily a great answer, but. Like you said, when you have so many perspectives, and like you said, like one of those people may really understand you well because you have a team of however many. Mm-hmm. Like you're likely to have, more likely to have a person that really gets you, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and then those things kind of coming together, and that discussion, especially people who really are starting to understand you and know you well, and like talk, like you said, talk to you person to person, really get to know you, know things about you that like you don't know about you, and all these kind of things really like coming together, like 
hashing out like really best possible plans at the time, I think is like a valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you're going through something that's challenging, you know, it's cool to have that. Well, it's just like, I mean, I was the second kind of second bunch of people that kind of went through, were going through and I told them the courts because the other people didn't do it. I went ahead and did it. <laughs> and I came back and I told them, I said, well, when you tell them to do this, they better have this with them. Right. To do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, I taught them too. See, I said they were new. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, they yeah. let me go while I went to Arizona. But it wasn't just get on a plane. I had responsibilities I still had to do when mm-hmm. I went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. I went to Hawaii for a week. Mm-hmm. But I still had stuff I had to do. Right. <laughs> and that is, like, that's a big trust thing, you know, especially while you're in the program. Like, I don't know there's, that there's many programs that, except for like very special or like very, not necessarily special, but extenuating circumstances, I guess. Like, let you kind of do your thing, you know? Yeah, Not well, that you went for a vacation, just, but... They seen it was the connection. When I went to Arizona, it was my son's graduation. Mm-hmm. I went to Hawaii. I went with my sister, her husband, and this other friend of theirs. And that was for an AA convention. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. What was that like? Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably pretty cool in Hawaii. That's a good place. Yeah, I, hey, I, yeah. I mean, I still had responsibilities. Mm-hmm. That they told me I had to do. I had to take UAs. I right. had to call. Well, here's another thing. I found out for them. Mm-hmm. You leave the state of Alaska, that phone number that you're supposed to call every morning when you're here in Alaska, don't work. Oh, oh Somehow they got it blocked. Oh, see, weird. Interesting. Wow. So okay. if you're outside of the state, mm-hmm. you must jump off of some towers or something somewhere. Right. Weird. It won't let you through that number. Interesting. Must have been experience. So you had to call, yeah, so you had to call like a different number. Well, or no, like, no. Yeah. I ended up doing it. I we we end up. I text. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, nice. I text and the PO and they or else I'd call a friend mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. in the program and ask him what call? the color was. <laughs> right. Well, I told him that it's the same thing. Well, it was you know we by then I knew because when I went to Hawaii, mm-hmm. I just text PO and they tell me mm-hmm. but then I had to take it if it was my day to take UA I had to take UA wow. Oh, wow. but I had to I found out I had well I had to pay for the UAs myself mm-hmm. but oh, what's the outfit I pre uh, I figured the time I was going to be gone I think those times I had to have two UAs a week and so I had uh, a range of Quest. Hmm. Okay. Quest has them all over. Hmm. All all the states. Right. So wherever mm-hmm. you go, but you, they tell you where to go, and we'd re, 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 I'd pay for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, like pay in advance? So yeah. Just like... I'd pay for them. <laughs> and when that, my day came out, I'd go to the place that mm-hmm. was nearest where I was staying. Okay. Oh, cool. Gotcha. And did they help? Did uh, and the handy program help you set that up, or did you have to set oh, that up? Oh well, first? yeah, we did at first because I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. We got unquested. After that, I just did it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gotcha. cool. So I, got... oh, I couldn't believe it. they're not cheap. <laughs> oh, there's some of those bad. UAs. They're six, seven hundred bucks. Oh wow, that's insane. That is I mean, there. <laughs> yeah. That's I guess there's hefty. places that really, yeah, you know, require that. Right. Some Absolutely. of these businesses. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I can. I mean, there was pages and pages. That's why I had to have the PO help me because I didn't know what kind they wanted. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, all the different options. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. There's be the a cheap lot of <laughs> yeah. Seriously, <laughs> scrolling through, you're like, man, I hope it's not that one <laughs> <laughs> or that one. I think it was. They were like 110 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And I just, Better than seven, I suppose. So yeah, just figure what they have to pay. <laughs> Same test they're doing, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they get discounts. But right, yeah, yeah. something. So I had a question about earlier when you were in the program. Was there ever a point where you thought, "All right, I'm going to take this seriously," and I'm, I'm after I leave the program, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm not just going to go back to it. 
or did that happen really gradually? Oh no, it it wasn't. It's kind of from the first. I was, I got to do something. I can't. I ain't going back and lose my freedom anymore. That was my big thing. Mm-hmm. Jails, it's a piece of cake, mm-hmm. right? And it's just though, but it's my freedom. Mm-hmm. I fought for my country for freedom for people. Yeah. Now they take it from me. Right. Yeah. I mean, but that's my fault. Hmm. Yes. I don't want to lose it anymore. Yeah. So that's something you think about still? Oh like yeah. Post program? Yeah. Oh sure. And they they turned my thinking around. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you already came in to the the program with intense desire. You right. this was this was when you were really going to get after it, kind of thing. Well, not at first, but it got me what, to that point. What inspired you? It's just they did mm-hmm. the way they treated you, mm-hmm. and I mean you're all family, I guess is what you'd say. Hmm. Right. Yeah, it seems and, like a very family and, like yeah, family and your rule. I mean, they have the rules, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, no, just another bunch of rules I got to follow, but. There's a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I found. Just like taking all those UAs. <laughs> right. It's just, just not taking There's a reason behind it. And mm-hmm. when she told me about, you know, taking them and it puts in the back of your mind, <laughs> then I realized there is. There's a reason why they're doing it. Right. Yeah. And I think even like taking that, like you said, you kind of did it off like in private, you know, you, like it wasn't during, it didn't sound like you were asking those questions during like an official meeting or anything. And I think that even in itself is something that's like, I mean, I don't feel like you always, I think in other situations too. So I kind of want to make this a little more general, even like when kids ask questions, I guess, you know what I mean? Or like when anybody asks questions and people are like, just do it, you know, or just like, don't even worry about it. Like you're just here to do it. You know, like I think that like offhanded answer is off putting, you know? So I think people that like, it kind of shows in a way, like symbolizes in a small way, that level of care to like people Mm -hmm. like even off in private will take that time to like, well, here's why man, like here's the deal. You know, there's no like no magical thing. Like we're just trying to make sure that like, you know, and like can, can get that, like get that idea planted that like, we're going to like, there's a backbone here, you know, like, that's well, kind of a cool idea. Yeah, and think about it. Think about it like this: when you have something like UAs that you have to do, but they're helping you in some way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're annoying. I'm sure they take time, and you know, they're inconvenient. But then, if you spent the same amount of time forcing someone to dig holes because you know they were in prison, you you would have the same amount of inconvenience, the same amount of time spent, but you wouldn't get anything from it. It's not to help you. It's to punish you to keep you from doing the thing. It's not to train you or to help you to succeed. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. There's there's a purpose behind it. It's not a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're in prison, I'm sure they're hoping that you'll just figure out you don't like being there and you never want to come back. You're not <laughs> there to like learn about yourself or figure out why you're doing the things you're doing. Just, you know. Well, there's a lot of guys <laughs> that enjoy it. Right. Huh. Or they want to stay. Well, sometimes they don't have any place better to live. Right. Yeah. At least like, like you say, three hots and a cot. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. They got it figured out. They know how to commit a crime that they'll go to jail for six or seven months only. <laughs> yeah. Because it's right. way better than the alternative. Yeah, than yeah. sitting in a freezing cabin up north. Right. Yeah. Or and being they, homeless. Or, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they know how to use it, some of them. Right. Well, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my thinking, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's probably pretty, <laughs> pretty right because you'd you'd see them. Right. Actually, yeah. some of them they live better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I bet. And plus, if all your friends are going, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I think that speaks for like a lot of you know, homeless folks in general. Sometimes yeah. you no, know, that, like in the winter true. time, yeah. like because I mean, I where I'm from in Montana. Uh, even just in Billings, Montana, you know, it's a pretty, it's pretty normal. You know, the streets are a little more empty in the winter time because people are. I mean, cold's br- brutal. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. whipping, man. It's cold. We get actually in Montana. Typically, it doesn't get as cold as it does here, but we get more snow and pre- precipitation on it's most years. Colder. Guarantee, I just came from Washington. Yeah, <laughs> and where I just came from, and it's 
it was 34, 36 degrees. It's colder than it is right now. Right. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so if you were to sit down and talk with someone who's in a situation like you were in before you got into Henu and kind of with that same disposition of like, man, I just, if I do a treatment thing, great. I kind of just want to be out of jail. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, well, I guess actually I'll put it this way. If you were to talk to someone who's in your exact situation uh, right before you went to Henu, what might you have like for advice for somebody in that situation? That if they're, if they're looking to stop, if they have an addiction and what's causing their problems, it, I'd say, here, go to the, if you can get in the wellness court, do it. Because mm-hmm. it will work, but you, first of all, it's not just to get out of jail, which, uh, I mean, go ahead. I thought the same thing. It'll right. help you, but take it serious. Mm-hmm. Don't. And remember, they can put you back. Right. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee it. It's a lot harder than what you think mm-hmm. before they'll put you back. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to have an answer to, to this question, but for people who maybe aren't going to prison and the 12 stack program or you know, the programs they've been through haven't really been working out for them. Is there any advice that you have maybe like to keep searching or anything similar? Like if you hadn't met with the Henry wellness court, is there a resource you feel like that could have changed your life in the same way? No, no. Hmm. Well, I mean, if that, anything that indicates a need for that, yeah. yeah, For that kind of resource. Oh yeah. No, there, I've been to them. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. Most of them military. Hmm ones but no it's it's different hmm. right. i mean it's you got to change you got to change the way you think about it too hmm. right it takes each person but they'll change your way mm-hmm. yeah if you're it sounds like if you're ready willing and willing to be a little more open-minded it sounds like it sounds like you got a pretty open mind going the in biggest thing and they noticed it with me mm-hmm. be honest yeah, yeah. I mean, even tell them stuff you don't think they'd want to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tell them. They're not going to do nothing. If you're honest with them, and they that, know it. Yeah. If you're dishonest, they know if you're dishonest. <laughs> right. <laughs> they've been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've listened mm-hmm. to it for 20 years. So just tell them. Yeah. Right? I mean, that that is not a situation that I could see in a traditional courtroom of telling the judge pure honesty things you've been through or Mm -hmm. or you know because that's probably going to make your sentence a lot worse especially if you haven't told them stuff that yeah you know but to have that kind of openness and it's almost like having an accountability partner of some kind that's just like yeah to talk with you like that Mm -hmm. that changes everything yeah it seems like like maybe we talked about before you know if like a familial or like partnership versus like uh, like more rigid like use of the term program you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's obviously a program there's obviously consequences if you mess up granted you get to mess up i mean not get to mess up but there's a little more leniency than some more rigid traditional programs mm-hmm. like there still is a backbone and like you're not gonna like like walk in there and like walk all over <laughs> anybody right, right. but at the same time like you are gonna go in there there is a backbone but off of that backbone is like compassion you know it's like yeah oh, there is mm-hmm like and they will be compassionate with you if you're honest and if you're oh, ready and willing. Hmm. Mhm. I think that honesty helps you as well because you can't self-reflect without honesty. It's impossible. Yeah. And and everybody's capable of lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. We all know oh, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But to to be rewarded for honesty to look at that sorts of things really right. opens it up. And I think that speaks to even more than just people that are maybe in their active addiction and just you know that's like a good life thing in general, you know. It's like mm-hmm. Because I think it is, man. I think a lot of us as humans are pretty good at not even necessarily lying to ourselves. I mean, we're pretty good at lying to ourselves. But, like, even just, like, even getting in those situations where you're like, well, you know, you're not quite lying, but you're not quite telling the whole truth with yourself. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, having the ability to even just be purely honest with yourself is a practicable skill in your own right that will, like, make your life better. Like yeah. that's a good, that's a good, not simple necessarily and not fun yeah, and difficult, but that's a good worth it way for everybody to genuinely have a better life experience 
is to be able to be honest with yourself and like others and like be that kind of person, you know, yeah. that's if anything else. They're honest at least, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's respectable. Right. Okay. So I got, I got another question after you went through or rather when you went through Henry wellness court, do you feel like the, all the 12 step programs you had been in before, do you feel like those helped you having those tools? Uh, not really. Hmm. I, I know, like, going to AA, I mean, I figured out why, you you know, over the many years, why judges and stuff say you got to go to AA, order you, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. people just go or whatever. But think about it. That's a, going to AA or NA or whatever, that's free. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and how, how many years has it been around? Yeah, 70, 80. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, A started probably. in the 30s. Oh, yeah, some more. It's almost, almost 100. 100 years, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, I ain't saying it works for everybody, but mm-hmm. it keeps working. <laughs> it, otherwise, it wouldn't be around yeah. anymore for and this And it's long. just like now I can read the 12 steps. I look at them a different way. Right. With the Henu experience as well? Yeah. From yeah. from going there, and I, when I read actually anything, mm-hmm. I look at it a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's what... And I can figure out, well, to me myself, I figure out, well, it will work mm-hmm. if you do it. Yeah. Hmm. So it sounds like Henu really, in a lot of ways, kind of helped you to, like, flip your perspective in a way that like makes even a more traditional AA setting more meaningful. Well, yeah. It, well, life in yeah. itself, period. Mm-hmm. And there's, powerful. if I run a straight life, there's people that care about me. Hmm. And I'm sure there's some of those, all the judges and stuff. They, they, want, I, they still keep tabs on me. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Right. Yeah. And there was one thing you mentioned before, we started recording. Um, I think it would be because int- I think a lot of people have this experience, and I think it's important for people to know that, like, because it's a hard thing to go through and a hard thing to do. And I think you speak to this importance well and how important it is. But getting yourself out of those old environments, uh, that old friend group, that old right air quote support system, I guess <laughs> negative support, but still, yeah, I guess oh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That- the fact it's you go into <laughs> the way to change your habit is you got to change your life mm-hmm. and so one big thing was get rid of those friends you they may not like it or you may think why did I do that but think about it right <laughs> was that They're a difficult no process for you. no no yeah Hell, I figure out uh, after the longer I'm away from them Better my life is. Right. <laughs> That's it, why I did it. And it's the same thing, too. I, and it's proving to be effective so far, yeah, it seems. Yeah. I, I went completely. I, I moved into another house. I sold mm-hmm. my house, had a new one built. Right. And they said, why'd you do that? You've been there. I says, change a life. Hmm. I needed to change my way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I said, even though it cost me more money, I changed I changed my life, and I figured that's part of it. Get out of that old house, that old way. Right. Yeah. I think there's some <clears throat> science on changing your environment that much, too. It's like, I don't know, it, it reminds me of in really olden times when you go through a big change or something, you, like, shave your head. Right. Or something yeah. that had mm. meaning or significance. Symbolist. Or, like, there's people grow their hair out in a certain area, and then mm. once they get to a certain age or whatever, they cut it off. There's just something about a change of, like, Throwing away something and never change. coming back to it. Right. And just that's, pushing that away. I mean, I've told people this too in uh, personal settings. I mean, that's what it took for me. Like, if I, like, literally, man, like, I packed everything I owned in my Ford, in my Ford Fusion and took off, man. And, like, I honestly don't think I would ever quit drinking if I lived in Montana. Yeah. If I would have stayed. Well, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I look back. I mean, I still had things that I do. I'm always, when you own a home, it never quits working mm-hmm. on them mm-hmm. right yeah. i mean i've been there 20 years but there was still things they had to do but having that new home it keeps me busy 
I mean, right. I still got stuff packed away. I haven't unpacked. <laughs> right. <laughs> Junk, yeah. I, to me, and it's just junk. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to go through it and know which one's that. <laughs> It's just like you're looking for the diamonds among the coal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But it's, what is it? My junk is somebody else's treasure. Right. It's so true. Makes, hopefully I'll find them make some money off of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll right. want to trade for yeah. their treasure. If you guys are looking for treasure, Ty's got a lot yeah, of them. I got a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you there's a lot. And then on top of that, my son's. <laughs> right. <laughs> I left him a lot of his stuff there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How is your... Has your relationship with your son changed? Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Big. I mean, I got another son. Well, I had a daughter. She got killed in an auto accident mm-hmm. in '97, hmm. and her brother. He uh, he don't even talk to me no more. But I don't even worry about that anymore. Hmm. Right. It's the son I have now. Oh, it's he's the one I raised. But I'm hmm. just drinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poor kid. I mean, he survived. I always made sure he had a when I went. He had a safe place to go. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't let the state take him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but no, it's completely turned around. I mean, he mm-hmm. sees it. He reminds me of it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's yeah. another one of those those reminders that of the value in your current life. I mean, I feel like the people who are most dangerous as far as as far as self-destructiveness are people who feel like they have nothing to lose. Right. They have no no value. I mean, I even feel like the Henry Wellness Court giving you or or suggesting that you have a service dog. That's just another another thing that you put value in that you don't want to lose mm-hmm. that. You don't want to compromise the relationship with the things that you've really felt have positively impacted your life. Oh yeah. I got she's a beautiful dog. <laughs> I just she can be in a puppy they're a pain. <laughs> She'll learn. She's getting yeah. better. Oh, that's and great. It, it just, I need to spend, me, that's me, my, I need to spend more time with her. Mm-hmm. They take up a lot of your time. Right. It's true. It's true. They're worse than a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, that, going through that, I'll never re- regret, <laughs> just like I went to war, I never regret it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Going through Hindu, I'll never regret that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it did a lot, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's always going to be there till the day I die. Right, that's great. That's awesome. Well, Ty, thanks for uh, coming and talking to us today. We really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, pre-recording, actually, we kind of had a technical snafu, and so Ty, Ty, and I and Coburn got to spend about half an hour together figuring that out. So this whole this whole afternoon really has been very enjoyable. It's been a great conversation. I got two new friends. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a, one old friend and one new friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ty, for coming, coming and talking to Thanks. us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. This I'm was you and I from the Kenai.